see gently sneak into the house under the transom there like some strange poison gas from some lost and gone world. Bring it up. Say, speaking of poison gas, I have been I have been noting with some interest. Dun, 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 dun. I've been noting with some interest the fantastic proliferation of deodorant commercials on every conceivable medium and of every conceivable type of deodorant. That's all I'm, you know, it's just unbelievable. And, uh, well, no, it isn't unbelievable. It's believable. Because <laughs> all you got to do is turn on any channel, any night, and then there it is, you know. They're going poof. Every place you go, they're squirting each other. By the way, uh, do you remember the great boo-boo on the commercial at the time? It was on, on uh, one of the big network shows. It was one of the first gigantic total fiascos that ever happened on network television. When they first had network TV, how many of you remember that? Speak of uh, great for you remember that time? It was on, uh, I believe, the Milton Berle show. And one of their sponsors was a deodorant. And... Uh, the deodorant that they had was one of the, you know, there's always a constant battle in these deodorant commercials. One group says that uh, the dry deodorants go all the way, and the other says a soft, soothing cream deodorant, you know, that, that is the only way to do it. It soothes your skin. And so this particular show had, and this is a network, of course, this particular show had as a sponsor uh one of these deodorants that come poofing out of a little thing. So he goes poof like that. And uh, the guy said, uh, and it was live, you see. This is this is one of the reasons why everything is taped now. <laughs> and uh, here they are, 5,000 stations, and it's Class A time, and everybody's waiting, and uh, it's the biggest show in the world. And the guy says, and now, friends, here's uh, the, whoever the announcer was. He says, and now, friends, uh, Here's why you should get rid of all those old rotten, stinking, cream deodorants in your house. And then, boom, on comes the wrong commercial. But it wasn't the wrong commercial. It was for another deodorant, which was totally anti the deodorant which they were selling. It would be as if the Ford Motor Show came out with a beautiful, fantastic Chevy commercial that denounced Ford's. <laughs> Oh, I flipped. I'll tell you, I was sitting there. I, I uh, How I happen to know that, see, uh, I was I was uh, working at a TV station, and uh, my TV show came not long after that in, in time. That is, in, uh, it was about two hours after that, and I was sitting there watching a monitor, working with some guy, and all of a sudden, I came to the wrong commercial. And uh, it just played all the way through, you see. And uh, when it was over, the uh, the announcer, he didn't say anything. He just sort of, sort of looked a little funny. You remember, speaking of announcers, I'm going to ask you a question, speaking of trivia. G you know, we're, we're developing our own mythology in our own time. It's a very important mythology anyway, and we live by it. And uh, I'll ask you some genuine trivia questions. Uh, it just occurred to me. What was the name of the announcer who was very big? He was on everything. Such a fantastically big announcer. And he was on a lot of these big shows. Like you hit the ding dong, bang the wingy, uh, bop the buoy, and 
Oh, you know, there's thousands of game shows. I don't know whoever watches those, but they were, they used to be on Class A time. You remember people took game shows seriously and they were on at night, like, uh, to tell the truth and all that stuff. Well, uh, his name was George. It still is, no doubt. You don't remember an, uh, a big announcer named George? He was on all these... I'll give you a clue. He was particularly on the Groucho Marx show. Now, uh, I'll ask you another one. Uh, I, I, there was an announcer who did all these Chesterfield commercials, and they were done live. And he had kind of odd-looking eyes, so sort of a... He looked a little bit like a vaguely dissipated Arnold Palmer. And uh, he did these commercials, but he was really in, in actuality an architect. And after he made a pot of dough doing Chesterfield commercials on all these different live shows they used to have, he went back and you know, I guess he's architecting. <laughs> what was his name? He's very famous. These guys were really big. And uh, how, who was the who was the newscaster? It was a guy that came on who was a newscaster all the time. Uh, you know, this was before Dave and Chet made it big. And there was a newscaster who would come on all the time. He had this big flower in a buttonhole. And he would say, Anna, good evening. Who was that? He had that strange high delivery. And then he would say, And that's the news. A good evening. Who was that? A good evening, everybody. Come on. This was back in the days when no self-respecting newscaster used any less than three names in his name. In other words, his name was uh, Charlie Wesley Brown. You just didn't call yourself Dave and Chet. <laughs> this was back in the bombastic days of news. When H.P. Coltonborn was still around. By the way, that was his delivery, too. I could do that pretty well, can't I? H.P. Coltonborn and the news. Yeah. Now, good evening. But uh, these are all part of our time. And, uh, oh, speaking of part of our time, uh, I, I, uh, the reason I mentioned this deodorant, only in America. Now, it's finally happened, friends. I mean, let's assume now that the two major concerns in America today are hair. That's the other commercial that you see. Uh, 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 hair, fantastic hair commercials. Hair and deodorants, right? And so we want to salute America, who's finally achieved the final, final statement in the deodorizing world. And then... Finding solace in democracy, marching forward up the great ladder of progress, man in these United States is reaching, ever-reaching for the total, ultimate, antiseptic beauty. And so tonight on our American Moves Forward moment in our vast program of public service, we would like to salute the tiny community in Wisconsin, Beloit, Wisconsin, the first in America to do what eventually all major communities will have to do if we truly believe in deodorants. Friends, do you smell the way you think you should smell? Do your friends smell the way they should smell? Aren't you glad they don't? Or aren't you glad they do? Or aren't you glad you tried Aren't you glad you did it? And aren't you glad now for 24 hours you can do everything? This is Rocky Marciano. All right, all right, gang. Now listen carefully. Tonight we want you to 
to mull this over because we've felt for a long time, you know, so I'm getting my H.P. Carlton porn voice here, we've uh, felt for a long time that true progress never really happens in the major cities because there's too many fist-fighting dissident groups. That's why New York City today remains the oldest and truly the most archaic city in America. It's truly an old-fashioned city. It's the only city where garbage piles up in great drifts on 6th Avenue, just exactly the way that it piled up, let's say, on the average street in ancient walled London. At about the time the Celts stopped painting their ears blue, they still piled the garbage up, just like the way we pile garbage up. And uh, the sewage system in New York, which from time to time gets fantastically uh, aromatic. And for those of you who don't know uh, one of New York's more interesting uh, phenomena, particularly in the summertime, that the, as you probably are aware, or maybe you've heard rumors, New York has a larger dog population than people population. And, uh, well, a uh, good hot day here in New York, and uh, the sun is hanging high, and you understand that the, when, when, the, when the mayor, whoever he happens to be in at the time, keeps hollering it's fun city... He's talking about the fun that comes from being a broken field runner. That uh, it's a lot of fun to run down, say, 6th Avenue trying to catch a bus, and you're, you're threading your way. You're hopping like some nut going over the, you know, going over the uh, stepping stones of a rushing river. <laughs> you make one false step and forget it. <laughs> Listen, you know... <laughs>
floor of ballroom type people all dancing the minuet with the... <laughs> well, all right. I'm just telling you the truth. I'm laying it out. I'm... Bad news. Uh, speaking of the truth, uh, well, I think we ought to salute America in that. When you mention... When you mention important things, of course, you, you just got to bring in the bring in the flag, bring it up there. Oh, forever and upward we are marching, marching. Forever, ever upward we will go. Ho, ho, ho! That's not a bad little song. Yeah, speaking, uh, that reminds me. Speaking of marching upward, this is W O R, Dad, and uh, we're in uh, Fun City. You be sure to bring your rubber boots here, though, when you come. And, uh, but uh, nevertheless, I was at this beautiful restaurant. We're all sitting around, and, uh, and uh, the waiter, this, this waiter he comes over and he says, uh, Reed, you have some drink? And, uh, of course, everybody orders a drink. And we'd all gathered, see, from various parts of Fun City, various parts of the Hoti Mondi world, had uh, gathered. And that, uh, or is it Hot Monday? Or is it a Hot Mond? But uh, anyway, we, <laughs> we had gathered. I'm sorry. We had we had gathered in this little gathering there, and, uh, and they brought the they brought the martinis, and it was just about that time I began to detect an aroma. It was not really an aroma; it was an aura, an atmosphere, just hanging over the table. And I could see funny looks coming on the faces of all, all these elegant people. Ten of us sat there. And, uh, well, I just won't carry it any further. <laughs> I don't have to. <laughs> and somebody, somebody, somebody on the way over had made the wrong step. And it just, just killed the after whole, whole afternoon. This is a bad lunch, and it just didn't work out good. But, uh, these things, uh, these things you take in stride, and uh, you know it's part of modern living. That uh, we must salute Beloit, Wisconsin. However, I repeat, friends, if you think that uh, that uh, New York or wherever it is you're living here in the East is really on top of it, I I'm going to again propose my famous inverse theory of progress. That the that the more a city is applauded for progress the less progressive it is. This is also Shepard's inverse theory of how to, how to decipher commercials. But uh, any time a commercial constantly tells you that they have improved the taste, look out, they've just had a bad run. Uh, that's right. Any time they tell you a new low, low price, look out, friends, you are going to get your wings clipped like a pigeon. You're going to be a walking pigeon the next time you come out of that joint. Uh... Anytime an outfit says, you have a friend that, be careful. There's a whole bunch of prunes standing around there waiting to talk to you, and it's run by a crab, right? <laughs> you ain't got no friend there. In short, that shepherd's, uh, uh, really the shepherd law of the inverse hard selling point. I repeat, if you're asked about this, that shepherd's law of the inverse hard sell point, meaning... Whatever the point, the hard sell point of a commercial is, that's the one thing you're not going to get in that product because they're worried about it, see. In fact, uh, I can just see these guys in this uh, 
in this big high, you know, big board meeting, and Mr. Bullard walks in, bangs on the desk. Ah, oh, you guys, let's get going here now. Okay. I've here a report from the Motivational Research Corporation of the Western Hemisphere. And uh, quit picking your nose, will you, BG? Now, it says right here, the Motivational Research Point says, and I re- I read this to you now verbatim, and it says, Trouble of your gasoline is it don't get no mileage. Your gasoline average is nine and a half miles less per gallon than any other gasoline. What are you putting in it? Well, gentlemen, we cannot put in our commercials that we are making our gasoline out of fermented skunk cabbage. That's our secret uh, ingredient. I know that we call it the secret ingredient XD422 LDF. They know that. But you can't come out and tell the people you're using skunk cabbage. They won't believe it. And if they do believe it, they won't like it because it smells bad and nobody likes skunks, right? All right, so what do we got to do? We got to have an image. I'm reading in a magazine here. Everybody's got to have an image. What the hell is an image, JL? Right. An image is what people see when they look at you, right? They don't know that you're a rotten bum underneath. They only know what they see, right? Right. All right. Now, from here on, every one of our commercials is going to have to say, and this is my memo. My girl is already passing out a memo. Please pass the memo out, will you, Elizabeth, to the men's? All right. My memo reads, from now on, we say nothing about the gas except it gets more mileage. Now, we ain't going to say more mileage than what? Just gets more mileage. More mileage, that's all. And if any smart guy comes over and asks you to get more mileage than what, we say more mileage than water. It does. You try to run your Plymouth on water, where you going? Nowhere. You try to run it on uh, on our gas, you'll get some mileage, and it's more than you get on water, right? So technically, we're correct in saying we get more mileage. We do not say we get more mileage than SO. We do not say we get more mileage than, uh, what's the name of that up at, uh, uh Phillips, uh, something, something, Fiffle Phillips at 28, uh, or some other, that, uh, you know, that, uh, gas there. We don't say we get more mileage than them. We get more mileage. From here on, every commercial that we got says we get more mileage. You understand, man? More mileage. And once again, the American free enterprise spirit marches on. Man always able to overcome the most troublesome of difficulties in his way. Man, the spirit of free man, marches forward. Yeah, very good, very good. Now, another thing, you know. Of course, these, uh, that's a part of it, uh, uh, that's a... <laughs> I can imagine a guy getting mugged on a street in Brooklyn, say, and in spite of the fact he used dial, he was supposed to be safe for 24 hours. <laughs> well, all right, quit it. I'm just laughing at my own gag. It's terrible. But uh, nevertheless, uh, uh, I can see this uh, scene going on when these guys are deciding to write up the commercial on more mileage. You know, it's important. Now, uh, for example, 
This happens in movies. Now, you've, you've watched and no doubt heard 5,000 movie commercials, haven't you, Herb? Oh, man. I mean, have you ever heard a movie commercial tell you about the movie that you actually saw? When you went down there, you know, when you bit it, you took the bait, you went down and uh, <laughs> saw that clinker? Oh, no. Here's the way they always go. Bring me some good, big, heavy... No, no, marching music, Herb. Very big marching music. America Pictures Corporation of North America presents Lesbia O'Toole in Hearts Aflame. Yes, only once in a generation are we privileged to witness a motion picture that speaks for all time, for all men, with a cast of millions. Lesbia O'Toole, the girl that brought you hot diggity dog, now brings you new insight and beauty. Yes, Hearts Aflame is now playing at your neighborhood theaters at special advanced reserved seat prices. Hearts Aflame was filmed in widescreen erotic color with the special new super scope techniques. 4,000-track multi-duplex boomeroonie stereo. Lesbia O'Toole is the work of 375,000 man-hours by four of the top Pulitzer Prize-winning authors of our time. Suzanne says it's groovy. Harold Uris says, what a guess. The Village Voice says, oh boy, is it a good one. And so, once again, Erotica Pictures brings you another important milestone in the movie world. Don't forget the Lesbia O'Toole in Hearts of Flame. Now, isn't that exciting? How can you ignore that? And then, of course, when you go down to see it, you know, you're sitting in the drive-in, and the rain is coming down, and the beer cans are bouncing off your hood, and you can hardly see, you know, the screen for all the birds that are flying overhead in Jersey. And, uh, well, you know, some have you ever had the feeling that, that Bosley Crawther sees different movies than you do? Or that the Village Voice movie critic is more underground than you are. <laughs> you know? And so so everywhere we go, you see, we're vaguely bugged by the fact or by the subtle suspicion that we are inadequate. Have you ever found the 24-hour deodorant that did it? That actually did what they said they do? Well, I just thought I'd ask a question. Have you ever been transported to another world of total ecstatic taste delight when you give the magic sign at your favorite bar and they bring you the beer? You know, it turns out to be sort of half lukewarm and vaguely flat. And it's green colored around the edges. Do you feel that other people are enjoying things more than you are? And I mean real things. I mean total things. Like... Uh, have you noticed, have you noticed, for example, in commercials when they show guys driving new cars, wouldn't you like to find some of the roads that they drive them on in those commercials? 
where the sea is eternally off to your left, and those trees are waving, and this chick is driving this, you know, this wide-tracking monster, and her hair is floating back in the breeze. There's never any traffic. There's never any trucks that cut them off and guys that yell at them. None of this stuff. No, no. No, that's it. Like the other day, I saw one of the sad little sights you see constantly everywhere you look. There was a brand-new two-seated sport car. I happen to be a sports car driver myself. But it had in uh, very high-styled stainless steel lettering on the side, Tigre, Tiger, the little arrow running through it, an umlaut over the E, Tigre. And there it was. It was up on its front wheels, and a battered Brooklyn tow truck had hoisted up the back end. The rain was dripping off of it. I mean, that's the total defeat of the dream, friends. I mean, the total defeat. Because most of the things we buy, we feel that it will now fill in the chink. It will now make the difference. A guy that buys, for example, a tapered, wasted Edwardian suit feels that magically he will become tapered, wasted. <laughs> when he ultimately turns out actually to look like a bowling pin with ruffles. Yeah. Oh, yes, the girls are constantly... I wonder how girls react to the new commercials, you know, that maintain that girls have come a long way. And if you get the right cigarette now, you're making the final statement, not like the fat ones that men smoke. Who wants to smoke fat cigarettes that men smoke? You know how men are. And you, you know, you buy this package of cigarettes and you you start smoking them. It clouds up your contact lenses. You know, the filter gets caught in your braces. <laughs> and you smoke three packs and you turn out still to be a chick afterwards. Nothing's happened. General Motors hasn't called up to make you chairman of the board, you know, do the fun things that men do. And these are problems. I know one man, one, in fact, I, I talked to a lady the other day who was so bugged, she's organizing a new campaign. She wants to go and burn down the, uh, what was that famous suffragette's name? Susan B. Anthony. She wants to go and burn down the Susan B. Anthony Memorial. She says that Susan B. Anthony fought to bring equal rights to ladies. And she says, and now she's the victim of it. She's working 15 hours a day at the agency. She has ulcers that start about three feet above the top of her head and work all the way down into the ground. She's been fired eight times. She keeps getting tickets on the Long Island Expressway, just like men. And she's bugged. Well, of course, this is part of the dream. And we'd like to tonight salute Beloit, Wisconsin. Now, you'd probably think, being a true Easterner, that Beloit, Wisconsin is a city wallowing in uh, rustic verities, right? How wrong you are. In fact, the only place I know where rustic verities pertain are in the East. Where little old ladies down on Hudson Street collect oil lamps. You know, and they, they oh yeah, 
you go up and down Greenwich now, and you you can buy almost anything uh, that was thrown out of a farmhouse 40 years ago. It's now being sold on Third Avenue for maybe $200. You know what doilies are going for down there? You ought to see the guys that buy the doilies, but that's something else. That's another problem. We won't even get into that. In fact, some of the nicer ones are making their own doilies, gangs. <laughs> even making shirts out of them. But that's another story. And so tonight, we would like to take this opportunity to salute Beloit, Wisconsin. <laughs> Beloit, Wisconsin. The city council in this southern Wisconsin community has now authorized the purchase and the first known in the United States of a giant citywide spray deodorant. Now listen, think about that for a minute. Beloit, Wisconsin is the first city in the entire country to totally deodorize itself. Municipally. A giant spray deodorant. And uh, to make sure, (laughs) it says uh, the $5,000 unit will be attached to the sewage disposal plant downtown. And it will blow beautiful atmospheres all over the city for 24 hours a day for one year. Now, it just had to come. It's just got to come. Now, now, not that. What is one of our other fears now? What's the other fear that, uh, that man has? Smelling bad, white? That's one fear. You know, I suspect eventually there will be city, city-sponsored dating bureaus. How's that for a prediction? I mean, no, I'm serious. People today are constantly striving for uh, government or federal or local aid for whatever needs they've got, right? And so now we have Medicare. That takes care of you if you've got a bad knee. We now have uh, Social Security. That, you know, that takes care of you if you're scratching. You've got... Uh, you got uh, Unemployment insurance, all these things. Well, what is it that really bugs people? Well, especially in the big city. Finding a chick, right? Correct. Well, who is who is who is keeping happiness, true happiness, away from the citizens of New York, right? All right, this non-progressive city administration that does not realize the true needs of the Martys of this town. I say, and I say today, and I tell you as a candidate for the office of mayor of the city of New York, that every Marty in this town will have a date one week after I get in office. Every marsher in this town will have herself a doctor. And I'll tell you this, there will be no lonely people in New York City. The Bureau of Federal and State and Welfare Matrimonial Adjustment will be underway one week after I get into office and give you true Social Security. What's meant by social money? How about You need Social Security when you're 65 and too old to enjoy it? No, you need Social Security when you're 22 and go to CCNY. And that's what I'm going to give it to you. Social Security. 
Uh, we stand in awe of the 14 Route 3 driving. So tonight, we doff our cap in simple, humble humility. We doff our cap to Joycey. We doff our cap to all the residents of Joycey. We say to thee, whether thou livest in Bloomfield, whether thou subsidest in Raspberry Park, we salute thee, O Joycey. Go away, away. Oh, away, Governor Hughes. Hooray, hooray, hooray. Oh, Joycey, we salute the other way. Oh, marching forever to the two guys from Harrison, we will go. Always, always on our way. We will march up and down with 46, 46. Oh, the Dairy Queen is ours, 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 ours. Hooray for Carvel Ice Cream. Oh, she's rough again, Route 1. Hooray, oh, New Brunswick. No, no, New Brunswick. New Brunswick. Love me. One, one. One, 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 one. Oh, look at you, oh, magnificent. Oh, 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 On your sea, oh no, Chadwick, Chadwick, Chadwick Beach, oh Neil, oh Neptune, oh 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 Newark Airport, 
And uh, you, you go you go sweeping up there towards Route 22, going past 1 and 9 there, and that fantastic... Uh, you're going through on, on the right there as you head uh, out past uh, the airport, and the airport's on your left, and on the right is this great rolling field that has all these uh, sunflowers and marijuana seeds growing in it. And I, <laughs> I'm not kidding. <laughs> You read about the poor kid that went over to Jersey to, to in the fields over there, and he's trying to harvest pot. You read about him? They picked up this kid with a gunny sack full of ragweed. <laughs> he thought he was picking pot. They didn't know what to do to him, you know. After all, they, they found that he... <laughs> I mean, can you, can you get a guy for intent? You know? <laughs> So uh, I, 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 you know what they should have done? They should have let him take it home and let him smoke ragweed for about two weeks, boy. And that, I'll tell you, that would cure him of pot <laughs> quicker than anything I know. <laughs> oh yeah, oh, that's a... <laughs> but the, I, I, before we, you know, before we, uh, I don't want to be misinterpreted. That that uh, I really don't. Uh, and I never realized that Jersey had the first beauty contest in America. And so for all these reasons, uh, I, I just hope that tonight's salute to Jersey that warmed the cockles of your heart and it made you feel a little better. And uh, clean up that big herd. <laughs> not easy. I mean, I, I, I'm, you know, Chris can see it's not easy. It's the first. Bring up those bugles, please.